Hi, welcome to our new Dermcast. I'm Amber Blair, and I'm sitting here today with Dr. Jenny Holman, a practicing dermatologist in Tyler, Texas, with focus on medical, Mohs, and cosmetic dermatology. Thanks for coming in with us today. Absolutely, thank you for having me. So we're talking about something that is very important and we've all experienced bits and pieces of it, but it seemed like a great topic, what I didn't learn in residency. This was a fun talk I put together I'm about 10 years out of residency. I'm a little bit farther now, but because it's one of those things that's so exciting, you never stop learning. If you're continuing to practice medicine, medicine continues to change, but your practice patterns continue to change as well. So it was fun to see, like I finished residency, had a great medical dermatology training, but then what happened after residency and what did I learn? And I've learned so much. I didn't do any cosmetics. I really didn't do as much surgery then. I've learned all that afterwards. It's just great to see you you can finish your training, but you don't stop learning. As you evolve into that next part of your career, what were some of the things that struck you first of, I had no idea this was going to be part of my life? I had no idea cosmetic dermatology was going to be part of my life. That's not where I finished. I finished as a strong medical dermatologist. Um, but after 10 years, it's a strange thing. I'm like the dermatologist that doesn't know what I want to be when I grow up. <laughs> like It's a third cosmetics, a third medical, and a third surgical is kind of where I've landed. And it's a really nice practice balance for me. I love the variety. Excellent. When you talk to patients every day, is, are there things that you learn from your patients that you didn't necessarily realize? Of course, you're always learning for your patients. And what I talk about too, the only way you're gonna learn from your patients is if you stop and you listen to your patients. I move so quickly sometimes, it's probably one of my faults, is that I move sometimes too quickly that I have to make myself, I say, sit your rear end down every single visit. Sit down, and I try to regroup at the end of every visit too and say, what other questions do you have for me today? What do we not address that you wanted to address today? Even if I'm in a hurry, if I can stop, sit down, and allow the patient then at the end of the visit to tie a bow on it, you tend to get better patient satisfaction because it feels like we've had an interaction. I've given them an opportunity for me to listen to them. I love to hear you say that. That's exactly how I practice. I have to, t I talk quick, walk quick, right? Same thing. And I tell myself, <laughs> sit, listen, yes. and really give the patients the opportunity to, to close the visit mm -hmm. out. There's a, a big trend and a lot of conversation on all sorts of social media platforms and at meetings about physician burnout. Can you talk to that a little bit? So physician and PA burnout is real and it's not something that I think I understood during residency. Um, I'm married to a wonderful man who's an ER physician and in the last five years, he's had three colleagues commit suicide. And so, and all three can be directly tied to stresses at work, extreme stresses. And so I personally haven't had any colleagues, but with him, I've gone to these funerals and it's heartbreaking and it's made me say what's gone on, you know, and with physician burnout, PA burnout, um, you don't have to hit rock bottom to feel burned out. But you think about burnout, it's not the idea of a battery, like the battery's dead, it's gone. It's like a bank account. Like, you know I can feel when my bank account's getting low and you have to know in that burnout situation, what do you do to refill your bank account? And how can you be aware when that bank account is getting low? I mean, signs when you become cynical with your patients, when you don't care anymore, <laughs> when you're like, I mean, do you have any questions? But really, I don't care and genuinely you can feel that in yourself. It's just being so self-aware and knowing yourself that when that account is getting low, what can you do on a personal level to refill that bank account? 
What are some of the things that you think that we can do to refill that bank account? Some of them are silly, but they work. I mean, sometimes being spiritually aware as well. I mean, whatever that looks like for you, but things, you know, you'll hear yoga, meditation, sometimes just stopping and taking a breath in the middle of the day. Um, I try to keep pictures of my kids available too, that I can hear my nurse. She comes out and she's like, all right, you got a doozy in room two, that if I can stop before I walk into room two and glance at that picture of what fills me up, take a deep breath, laugh at my, you know, my nine-year-old, and then go into that room, recenter myself and kind of who I am, what's important to me, then it's so much easier for me to deal with a difficult patient. You know, it's just in those moments, those little moments of recharge and being aware enough of what drives you and what your why is, and then reminding yourself what that is. I think it's important too to take a moment and step back and there might be a difficult patient in room two, but why are they like that? What's mm -hmm. going on in their world? Exactly. And, and understanding that we all have things and kind of working within that. Right, and you know, the one thing I laugh, my kids, they would say it over and over, like, what's the one thing that I ask you to do? And they're like, oh, mom, be kind. Yes, <laughs> but I say it over and over and over, but I also say it to myself. Well, thank you so much. I appreciate those pearls and that insight. It's been great having you today. Thank you. With Dermcast TV, I'm Amber. Thanks for watching.